Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Um, the cool thing about Jade is that Jade has a different subset of experience, right? And so she worked in the medical field and she worked in a vet's office. So things where people are like super emotional and upset don't face her. And she's just like, but your car's broken. This <laughs> is how much it costs to fix it. Here you go. That's, that's actually nice. We had, yeah. we've had a couple of criers work for us. Oh uh, boy. And if the... <laughs> yeah, if if the customer got upset, they got upset. Did you was, know David's a closet crier? I can see that, but you know, <laughs> I'm a closet crier. I get in the closet and cry. And why did I open a shop? This is such a bad idea. What the hell was I oh. thinking? I think that that's mandatory, isn't it? I, yes, yeah. to cry in the closet. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, so we had a conversation a while back. I'm well, not- I'll introduce Ashley Joe and Jeremy Bloom from. I don't know where Oregon. I know Oregon. That's it. Astoria, Oregon. Astoria, Oregon. I, I thought it was. I thought it was Board, Oregon. Board, Oregon. Well, I'm from that's Boring, so maybe that's where you're oh, getting that from. Oh, that's what it's it was. Wattville. <laughs> Wattville. I don't know. Wattville, Tennessee. Wattville. It's Whiteville. No, Whiteville, it is Tennessee. not. <laughs> it's Wattville, but you call it Wobble. Wattville. <laughs> God almighty, you need some redneck training. <laughs> um, oh, no. We're talking about service advisors. What about them? Well, you, you were, I'm trying to put context to the story. We're talking about service advisors. Yeah. And he was asking, should you hire a service advisor that has experience or should you hire someone that doesn't? Depends on what you're looking for. Basically, should you promote from within? Do you try and make a service writer? Or do you try and find somebody? Because okay, they're kind of tough to find. But it's backstory, a, we've done all three. <laughs> has any have any of them worked? No. Um, Loretta's been with be us on and off. For, <laughs> yeah, right. Loretta's been with us on and off for eight years. Okay. This is the first time that she's been with us full time for very long. But in the past, the people that we've hired that were service writers were like they did not fit our company at all. They yeah. were like car salesmen. Didn't have like the small town feel, didn't have any empathy. They were just kind of terrible. And then the people that we, who was it? Oh, Tim. We promoted Tim from within and he was actually pretty good at it, but he had some home stuff going on. So yeah, that didn't work out. The thing is, is that it's a very, very unique skill set. And so bringing somebody from back of house, usually they don't have that the the skill set that makes them good at that because they're two different types of people. They're two different yeah. types of skills. Now they might be a great estimator 
and be able to do that. They might be able to throw the estimate together, get the estimate right, and the whole nine yards. But being able to communicate what a car needs to a client, that's that's why service advisors were around in the first place, right? Is because the technicians weren't necessarily that good at it. So I hated all of that and decided that I wasn't going to have a service advisor. And so that's what we did. We got rid of that whole concept of calling and presenting. That We don't do that at what, all. What do you do? We just send them the estimate. And you just go from there. Well, with, they, with they the, get a DVI. Yeah. You, you know, you set the you set the stage up front. Hey, I'm just going to let you know we're going to inspect your vehicle. We look at the entire vehicle just so we get a game plan. The vehicle needs. We do it with every single vehicle that comes in the door. You're not special. <laughs> okay. Give the keys. Then they get a text alert. Hey, your car's been checked in. We'll let you know when we start the inspection process. And they get another one saying, hey, the car's being inspected. I should put the cap on that. The car's being inspected. We write up the inspection, lots of pictures, and brief notes. Turns out his technicians write dissertations on the notes. And they're so long, they've written them and then have them ready to copy and paste into the inspection to write a book, essentially, about everything they need on this particular vehicle. Are there footnotes? What's that? Are there footnotes? I'm sure there are footnotes, like the the main section, <laughs> and then they get, yeah. So we, you know, recommend service or, you know, fluids needs to be serviced. You keep it brief because it turns out nobody reads the notes. They just look at the picture, and the picture says it's red. That's it. I, I just, I really hope nobody listens to him. And from my experiences, they don't, right? Like, you skip past his voice. They, like they, they can do that all talking. they want, but I'm just telling you right now, the, the, our concern, AROs were within dollars of each other and i did no calling and presenting look, <laughs> so look, happens, we don't call and present hang, hang either, on, though, hang on really hang on i have to say this <laughs> i had to knock on wood because I'm, it's like my my arrow so far this year is flat no it's, that's it's not what i'm talking bit. about that's not what? what i'm talking about i'm just hoping that neither one of us gets sued so i have to prove that the notes on my repair order keep me out of trouble better than the notes on your repair order. <laughs> I'm not you out of trouble. Like you can put the, if you're doing a state inspection, fine, put them in there on the state inspection. But it, uh, there, it is, it is asinine to put a 45 word note into this box here. The customer's not going to read about the need for uh, cleaning off the oil in, that it may cause a fire. I don't know what you're putting in there because I guarantee you there is no amount of note taking that is going to completely absolve you of all liability. Of course not. But well, I put then it in there. What, what's the point? What is the point? Say, oh, well, I'm not going to get sued for if it catches on fire, but if it goes careening into a ditch, I forgot to put that note in because I hadn't thought of that and I hadn't had a lawyer review it. So. What am I going to do? You just carry really good general liability insurance, dear. That's what you do. Anyway, I'm right Is that here why you price this. shop it? I do not price shop it. I've been with my insurance guy for forever. Okay. He's not very good either. He doesn't <laughs> listen to this. He's a nice guy. He's a sweet guy. He's a customer. And so you kind of like you're stuck. Anyway. So I have a question. When, you, when the customer calls and says, hey, I want to talk to somebody about this quote, you just say, look, I sent you a picture. Yes, that's exactly what <laughs> Did he you look at the, I don't say it like that. I don't say it like that. Did you look at the picture? <laughs> yes. You're right. I don't know that what I'm looking better. at. I don't know what I'm looking at. I'll say, okay, 
Well, see this broken. little. See the you which see one the part the green with the circle. Uh huh. That's broken. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now, and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over thirty-five shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. <laughs> They're like, okay. Yeah, it's not supposed to be like that. Anyway, it's two sixty eight ninety nine to fix it. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, go ahead and do it. No, no, no. No, no. I need you to click it on the app. Oh, okay. So, yeah. We'll wait for you. You can do it now if you want. Okay, okay. Make sure you sign the bottom. All right. Thank you. Hey, by the way, I'm going to need parts money. That's <laughs> what we do. That is what we do. What? You act like it's weird. Here's the thing. I have a track record. It turns out, it turns out that all of the sales training is unnecessary. Maybe just at my shop, but I don't know. Maybe it's at every shop and all of it is just fluff. Not Cecil's classes. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> So when I asked you, like, what are you looking for? Is if you're looking for somebody to sell, like, I need, I need this close rate because there's some shops that are like that, mm -hmm. right? Right? You don't get mad at me. I'm not disparaging you in any way, am I? Was I? Was I mean to him? <laughs> I'm getting mad at you. I'm just like, you're he's, such he's an idiot. In awe. He's in <laughs> awe right now. <laughs> I just don't want to like say something mean to you now because like all I can think of is God, this dude's an idiot. You can say that, but I've got proof. I've got hard numbers. It works. I don't have to call and sell anything. Then I have to start like, he's trying to sell me something I don't need. So, dude, I sent you pictures and an estimate. You can hit no at any point. Into the, in this, at any point, you can hit no. So what, 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 are you, what are we doing here? I'm not upselling a thing like uh, your boy over here, the Canadian guy. I'm not okay. upselling a thing. I don't upsell. Oh, that was an interesting article, wasn't it? <sighs> anyway. So if you're high, if you're looking to hire somebody that wants to sell, that's a very specific skill set, and that's what you want. Is I want this close rate in this much work estimated on average in this close rate, and I will find the cars. So I'm going to bring in 50 cars. Every car needs to have 
$4,000 estimated on average, and I expect a 60% close rate or a 40% close, whatever the number happens to be. If that's your business model, then you're going to hire a very specific type of person. And that person's got to hit that close rate. And the ARO is going to be what it is, but as long as the numbers all work out, it's going to be. Cecil says I should just hire a shop manager. I shouldn't hire a uh, service advisor. So that's what that's the route I did, right? I mean, we don't call everybody's a, a manager because they're all on salary. Technically, they're all managers. They are managing things, just <laughs> not people necessarily, but they have things they have to manage. <laughs> if, if you have for to, the, if you have the to Department of Labor that much, you're not so sure yourself. No, no, I am. I am trust me, I am. I am. Uh, what was the discussion we had at lunch today? I they're not hundred. managing their manageables. <laughs> they're what? Did I say that? Yeah. I didn't say that. Yeah, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to name anyone. Any? I don't know what he's talking about. Anyway, so <laughs> they're, they're all they're all managing stuff. Anyway. Uh, I need a, a a person that can check in the vehicles and can, without any hesitation, ask for money without having fixed That's the thing. That's a specific skill set. That is. It legit And Jade is. would be legit at it. She would be really good at it. And be like, hey, so uh, thanks for the approvals. Because I love that. Green, 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 green. One red or one black. I guess it's black, isn't it? Yeah. Green, 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 one black. I love that. And then you dump it all into the RO and it pops up $3,800. And then he, he gets on the phone and he's like, hey, appreciate the approvals. I'm going to need $2,200 down to get started. You want to go ahead and take care of that now? And that's it. And he does it like, he doesn't care. But where I would be like, <laughs> don't, don't, don't change your no mind. No wonder you thought the other service advisor was going to be so good. You just like <laughs> Here's what happened with the other service advisor. I, I kind of feel like that's actually somewhat common with owners, though, from what I've seen. Is we yes. don't, yeah. I, I'm good at dealing with customers. I'm not the best service writer because I have yeah. a bleeding heart and I I have too much invested. Yeah. You know, I can't 100%. just say, here, here's your bill. Take it or leave it. Yeah. You know? 100%. Emotional. emotional. Too yes, emotional. Exactly. <clears throat> well, Quantum, like, I mean, he feels bad. No, he doesn't. He does. He's not callous. Like he's not mean. He's not curt or anything like that. Like he 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 is invested in it, but for him, it's just a checkbox. Did I check it off? Yes or no? And then he moves on with his day. Yeah, there'll be another car. There'll be another. It it does not. He does not put emotional weight on that discussion. I see. Oh, we didn't get that sale. My business is going to fail tomorrow. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back to work somewhere. <laughs> this is awful. Lucas, can I have a job? Lucas. No, I'm broke too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sure. you know, you need to decide if that's the person you want to just. Hey, I'm just. So, en- I'm just envisioning the conversation that's going to happen after Cecil listens to this episode. I'm going to set him <laughs> off. He's not going to like it. But here's the thing: like, I, I just I have found that presenting things. The customers don't understand anything you're saying to them. Like, sway bar leaks worn out. The struts are leaking. Uh, tires are unevenly worn. You're going to need an alignment. Looks like your oil coolers are leaking, too. So to take care of all that, it's going to be $2,400.68. Would you like me to take care of that uh, for you today? Uh, I, I, I don't even know what you're saying. So that whole process there, 
that whole process, I think it feels icky to me. I, I didn't, I've had to do it. I don't like doing it. And I found, turns out, entirely unnecessary because, and, and it, it, this may have been necessary 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago for forever and backwards. The consumer's different now. I, I can see that. I can agree with that. It comes in waves for us. We'll have like all summer. We didn't even hardly talk to anybody on the phone. Mm-hmm. We just sent stuff. They approved it. It was great. <clears throat> but now we've kind of switched back to people who like want to come in and talk about it. Or, and I'm yeah. like, or I don't want to talk to you. Inspection just look and at the picture. Call and they want to have that conversation anyway. They call up and they're like, I don't know what this is. Tell I, me. And then they're like, I still don't know what it is. It's a $3,800 bill, sir. Yeah. You want to go ahead and take care of that now? <laughs> I, here's the thing. Is that I think that right now we've seen some change, right? We've seen a little bit of development in that area where people have, have maybe they feel a little more pressure, so they want to know a little bit more about mm-hmm. what's going on, yeah. right? And they want to know that they're doing the right thing for their car. We've got clients, and, and this is really up to them. On, on how much engagement they have with us. We've got clients that just want it texted and emailed to them and they just deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then we've got clients who want to talk to somebody, right? And I've got a lot of clients who that's what they, that is how our brand was built is that I'm counseling them on what's going on with the car. And that's why I call them service advisors because it's our job to advocate and advise them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I spend a good bit of time, like if I'm in the shop, I spend a good bit of time developing an estimate in such a way that it's like, hey, this is Lucas's list. And so it has L's on it with a little apostrophe or something that indicates, hey, this is this is us. And this is the things that if it was my car or my wife's car, this is what we'd be doing. That's a good and idea. this is why I do this, right? So I'll take a few minutes and I'll go over it. These are the things that are important to me as a professional. And it would be something I do on those vehicles that are mine to make sure it stays safe and reliable. These are things I just want you to know about. They may come up down the road. This is not something I'm worried about right this minute. But this is my way of showing you and educate, educating you about your car. How was right. it when I envisioned that? I see a L with a heart around it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emoji. None of what he just yammered on about is scalable. It's not scalable. It's got to have Lucas on it. And if Lucas isn't there. Uh, didn't we decide in, early we aren't going to scale our businesses? You just said the other day. No, that no. We should scalable be... in the sense that, like, dude, we just had in here is doing 90% of the work that isn't like actual wrenching. He's doing the diagnostic work. He's doing the service advising. He's checking in the cars. He's calling the customers. He's selling the work. Like, holy crap. How do you have time to do anything else? Like, that's, that's your lot. entire day. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's like, oh, I stopped working at five. I used to work all day long. It's like, well, yeah, I get it. But you, if you need to take yourself out of the business and say, I don't know, go on vacation or, hey, we got to go record a podcast in Utah. Who's going to do this Lucas's list with Lucas isn't there? It doesn't make any sense at that point. But but the thing is, is I've got a team that's able to do that without me. Yeah, it's called green, yellow, red. Hey, I'm just <laughs> letting you know if it's in yellow. If there's 25 reds. If it's 25 reds, it's 25 reds. Last time I looked at your car, it was like, oh, shit, man. My car? My car's in great shape. What are you talking about? Did you ever get the big dent in the back of it? No. Faced? <laughs> He we says need. we have to go eat, but he doesn't realize we've got another 45 minutes to go. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to get a podcast episode out of this. Dang it. <laughs> so what were you saying? I, I'm saying that the it's not scalable to do something that intimate. 
And so you have to do something a little bit different. You use the green, yellow, red system because it's in there, right? It makes sense to use it. Why, why can your technician not say, hey, here's the things that if this was my car, I'd be really focused on? You put that in as the philosophy in part of the inspection process. Well, I like that. Well, that's what you do up front. Everybody understands. Like, hey, what does yellow and what does red mean? Like, don't, don't just make it all red. It's like, hey, can this wait? Uh-huh. Then make it yellow. If I have to come out and ask, I'm mad. Hey, can this wait? Yeah. Mark it red. Trick question. Every single time. It's a trick question. They don't know it. They will now. They listen to the podcast in the shop. And they get mad at me at things, <laughs> things I say. Why <laughs> are you mad at me? Yeah, I was listening to a Stan podcast episode. Which one? Episode 32? It's like, dude, I don't remember what the hell I said in episode 32. <laughs> you say some pretty nasty things about your people. Nasty? No, I love my people. Are you kidding me? That's his way of showing love. It it, it really is. That? That's that's his his uh, <clears throat> words of endearment, right? That's his, <laughs> that's his love language is hate. Uh, I don't know how that works, but it does. I mean, it's fairly effective. Do you guys require a phone call? To the customer? Yeah, we typically do. I like to send. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, we don't. We just send it, and if the customer doesn't call with it by, like, the next day, then we call them. I have never had more ash chewings than when I do that. If I just send it. People get so because you're not it's telling like, them up front. It's up and down though. Sometimes people are like, "Yeah, I saw it. I'll get back to you." You know, right I don't now. know. But but remember, Adam Rath. Adam Rath's like, "Hey, listen. If they've not approved in in an hour, we're calling them. Like, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Typically, hey. if they're not, so we, it's not an hour for us. It's usually like two to three hours. If we don't see approvals coming in two to three hours, they don't have the money for it." They don't have the money for it. That's legit. Yeah. For sure. And so you you they, you see what you do. What shop management system do you guys use? Techmetric. Oh, oh man. Sorry, you guys. Anyway, so we man, we have the ability to see. Okay. We still love you. Yeah, we'll just edit that out. You so asked. If we have, <laughs> this, is, this is your fault. Where's you the You say, you say just, just for next time, you say, I'd rather not say, and we move on. That's what you do. <laughs> hey, you listen, don't just blurt listen, out. Sp- you know competitor. what you should do? Every time you ask it, you should have your finger on the button for the beach. Shopware? Yeah. Like, what shop management do you say? Shopware. Shopware. <laughs> That's a damn that good, a idea. good idea. So on the subject of the DVIs and all that, yeah. though, how often do you guys run into issues with, you know, somebody brings their car in for an oil change? New customer, never mm-hmm. seen before. They bring it in for an oil change. Okay, so we do a full inspection on it, mm-hmm. present all the problems to them, and they're like, I brought this in for an oil change and you're telling me I need $3,000 worth of work. And they're pissed off about it and think you're just trying to three to 5% depending on what we're working on. And, and would you shut up and let somebody else talk? No, you're wrong. Three to 5%. And, and the three to 5% is only at one point in time. And that is when the advisor did not tell them this was going to happen. When the advisor doesn't tell you, hey, I'm going to look over the vehicle. Would you like me to make you aware of any safety or reliability concerns we see with automobile? And and anybody in their right mind, what are they going to say? Yes. No. Right. Mm-mm. No, no. No. Hang, no, hang on. On. On, no. Our, well, hold on. on our digital inspection, we have courtesy clean and vacuum that people can approve. We have the courtesy inspection and we have quality check. In the last month, I would say at least 30 or 40% of people have declined all three of those, well, including the quality check. Well, here, here's the thing. <laughs> 
is that so all of those are automatically on my tickets. <clears throat> automatically on the ticket. And so when when I tell them that, if they say no, I don't want to approve I don't want you to alert me to any safety concerns. What do I know about this client now? Oh. Yeah. I've got I've got a wolf in the shop. I need to be careful with this one. Right? I, the lady We don't the, ask. The lady with the airbag story. I knew that's the whole way I knew. She's like, I don't, I don't want to know if there's anything wrong with the safety systems in my car. I don't care about any of that. But why was she fixing the airbag? Because she wanted the light off. Oh. And we so, don't, we don't ask. Yeah, we just tell them, hey, if you bring, I mean, if they don't want me to to inspect, hey, I don't want you to inspect my vehicle. Uh, I'm sorry, we inspect every vehicle. It's it, like we you do can't too. Come yeah, it's regardless. a liability thing yeah. for sure. I, I, Plus I, a CYA thing. Of course. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though: is that the only the only reason. Because I'm still going to do it. The only reason I ask is because I'm trying to find out what kind of client I'm working with. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I I I still want to inspect the vehicle. You're still going to do it, so it really doesn't matter that you asked. You're still going to do it. I still want to present it to them or send it to them so they can see the vehicle and then they can just decline the work. And if they call, if they call and said, "Sir, ma'am, like you can just decline all the work." The, the, well, we just need to let you know what's going on with the vehicle. Yeah, I have a professional responsibility to alert you to the condition of your automobile. That's my job. That's what I do. Now, on the, you know, one of the things about, especially if you've got a newer vehicle, and I, you know, I pull that car in, we'll run a lighter evaluation on a 2122, right? If it's below 50,000 yeah. miles and it's a 2122, we'll run a little bit lighter evaluation. Now, it still checks everything, mm-hmm. all of the safety stuff, all of the, the so big stuff. What do you stuff. mean by lighter? Well, I mean, my typical peace of mind is over an hour. It's because of the books you guys are writing and the way you guys are taking <laughs> the pictures. It's goofy. I don't do it. Talk to I know Eric you don't that. do it. Yeah, I did try to talk to Eric. Got butt hurt. I'm just saying, like, change it up. It's weird. But the whole like, I can't send the DVI and the estimate separate thing. Like, we got to get that hashed out. I can't switch the set. I'm, I'm gonna have to figure something out. It's gonna be an issue. Of all Monique, the things I'm you sorry. call weird. That's weird. I have to be able to, to to send the DVI first. Can you guys send the DVI first mm-hmm. on its own? They yeah. check the DVI and then you follow up with the estimate. No, well, it's, you can send it separately, and then if the estimate is written already, they'll see that. So we don't want you that. Send, though. You send it the DVI before you have the estimate written. Yeah, they, I, the I, very first. That's the minute we have the DVI, we clean it up, we send it. Yeah, huh. so yeah. that way you can have them scared. So they're like, I no, see all these red they, marks. Yes. They see it, but they begin to think about, hey, this is what I need to do. They'll do a little bit of research on their own. They'll have some ideas. And so then they come back, and they've already made the decision to approve it. So then when they get the actual estimate, it's not that big of a deal because it's like, I've already made up my mind. I really think I need to do this. They've instead, already spent the money in their head. Yeah. Right. Instead, yeah. when they look at the estimate, right, when they open it and they see the estimate, and that's, that's what they see them. with it, yeah. it's like, oh, my God, I don't have that kind of money. Right, they didn't have the chance to have a non-emotional response to it. They, they didn't get an. Yes, they're yes. looking. They open it up and they see the dollar amount. They don't look at all the reds. They just see the dollar amount. And they're like, "Whoa, what are you coming at me with three thousand dollars for?" Yeah. It's like, yeah. "Well, did you see all the reds?" No, I saw three thousand dollars. Well, you have to send the DVI. They have to look at it first, which is why we have it separated. Although we've been, we were looking at. He started floating or trial running mushing it all together just into shopware and not having the two separate systems. I'm trying to expedite it for the service advisor. So because yeah. we, one of the things that we're running into is it's taking too long to process. Right. And when we're in a bigger shop, huh? It's your notes and the way you take your goofy pictures. 
Dude, it can't be the notes. The notes don't take me any time. It takes Eric time. Poor Eric. He's the only one that does that. What does Terry do? Terry writes common sense notes that are just pretty basic. Kind of what your guys put. Oh, okay. That's why Eric got so butt hurt. (laughs) Because you're a (laughs) douchebag picking on one person who's doing it. Okay. How big are your notes? I don't know. They're pretty short for the yeah. most part. They're they're just, for the inspection, yeah. Yeah, I make him write pretty detailed notes on the diagnostic anymore, though. And it's funny because now we look back on things like two years ago, and we're like, what the fuck are we looking at here? Yeah, I, I there's don't no, know no information here. Yeah. Well, and that, that's what we run into is like, hey, I want, if it comes back, yeah, yeah. or if it goes to another shop, I want them to be able to look at that and say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we write I, it for other shops. That's exactly right. But that's different now. That's not an inspection. If it's a, if they're paying me for diag, that's I I want to book. We have inspections and, for the diagnostics, so like there'll be mm-hmm. a drive test inspection. There's yeah. there's inspections for teardowns and stuff. So that stuff's all saved as a separate inspection in our system. And I yeah. do typically write books for that anymore because, like she said, I'll I'll go back and I'll look at something. Something comes back a couple of years later, and I look at it. And I'm like, I don't even know why we replaced that. There's no notes. <laughs> it just says that we replaced this component. Yeah. I have no idea why. <laughs> right? Exactly, you know. dude. That's tough. Well, but if it, we were smaller, it was easier because there weren't so many people to try and like keep yeah. straight in your head. I know. I know. I still remember, though. I still remember. <laughs> you remember all of it? Yeah, I remember every... It's like a scar. It's like a broken heart. Every car. Like, oh, I remember. This lady came in, she was mad about this, and when we fixed this, and then we replaced that, and then that went haywire. Because you put the, an emotional connection to every vehicle. It's not that... No, they just... I'm just telling you, it's like... It's like a stab every single time a car comes in the door. I'm like, I need the money, but I'm just, I'm just telling you, I hate working on cars. Anyway, so <laughs> Shopware had integrated their DVI. They always had a DVI, but it used to be like their note section. And then you kind of had like an outline. Hey, check these seven things, right? And then you would just make notes in the note section about the seven things. And then that, that was the DVI. And then they they decided that, hey, we want to put, instead of the checklist, we want to actually put findings under the checklist, which was everybody that would come into Shopware would immediately ask for that. They're like, why can't I have that there? And it's like, it's like okay, whatever. And so they did. They, they made it like that. And it looks really good on the customer side. It looks really slick. Yeah. It, it makes sense. It flows nice. It's it's a nice presentation, yeah. which again eliminates the need for the phone call. And then, but the problem now is like, hey, I need them to look at the DVI, and then I need to be able to send an estimate after they see the DVI. They need to be able to see and the I, DVI. I think first. that's I'm ninety nine point nine nine percent sure that's one of the coming things, right? The the ability to turn off the estimate on and off. Right, so that could be turned off. They can't okay. see that while you're building it, and then you can turn it on. That I mean, that'll fix everything. Yeah, it. it I I just want. I hope that it's not like toggled separately, so you can toggle it all in one spot. And like, yeah, you know, if oh, it's I in, hope they don't do that. And it's an on-off button. Yeah, like hide, don't hide, or hide and reveal. Anyway, so I've got a question. Yep. We had a uh, long tough conversation a while back about a situation in your shop. Mm-hmm. Tell us a story. 
I don't remember. So what, at what point was I out with that person? He's no longer with us. So that's where you, ended. you were, you were at the point of tears and not to know what to do because you didn't know if you should keep him, if you should send him, if you should try and fix it. Well, I should have let him go. Then the phone call should have been enough of a clue that it was time to just let him go. But I didn't. And we'll tell the whole story. Yeah, tell how we call. Yeah. Okay. Tell well, how we got here. Okay, well, let me start at the beginning then. Okay. All right, so a year ago last month, this guy came to us as a Eurotech, which is super hard to find in my area. There are none, right? And we made him a job offer. He used it to get a better wage at his current place. Fine, whatever. We were we were pissed about it, but we yeah. were like, whatever. Um, in July, he rolls into the parking lot with his toolbox, and he's like, I'm here to work. And at the time, we were fully staffed, so we're like... All right, I guess we'll make this work. You can just do Diag because I don't have a lift for you. So we brought him on, and I think it was a week or two later. Was it a week or two later when he's like, hey, I need to take some time off to get sober? He had apparently been drinking at work. He told us that that was acceptable at his previous job. And so he took a couple weeks off, came back, and was with us from like early August until right after Bimmers when he walked out again. He told me that I didn't know anything and I, I didn't know anything because I wasn't in the shop anymore and I needed to go out into the shop and work on cars and then he would respect me. And then after Thanksgiving, he asked for his job back, said that his wife left him and he was just in a really bad place and he really missed us. And my bleeding heart was like, all right, you can come back. So, so early December, he came back. And then I think that we had our phone call in like March or was it like February? I think it was March. And David, are you looking at him going, why? You well, let this go on. I'm blaming also, you. I he just, told I just me no. He told me no the second time. <laughs> but by the time bad things were in the shop, I knew shop morale was sucky. I didn't know why. We live in a super gray area. People get seasonal depression. They talk about it all the time. I didn't know that he was the cause of the really bad morale. I didn't know until the person that I brought to vision that moved out here from Maine put it on paper in his resignation. <gasps> and shortly before that, another technician quit and he's like, I can't work with this guy. And he's a little bit, you know, like he had some stuff going on. So we weren't sure if it was just like an, a maturity thing or if it was like actually bad How old stuff. was he? Um, the one that quit because of it? No, the, the, the one that had already quit. Not the resignation letter. The um, first one. So he, I think he's 24. Okay. So young, kind of got yeah. stuff going on at home. Hadn't been, he'd already worked for us once before. And when, when he quit, it was comical. I don't want to like call him out or anything. So I'm not going to do anything yeah. identifying, but we weren't sure if it was like overreaction and maturity or if it was something really going on. But then we got this letter from the guy that we took to vision and we were like, all right. This is a real bad situation. Um, the one that no longer works for us, he had told the service writer in the office to get in a car and to back it out into a spot in the parking lot. I'm like jumping around. Sorry, there's a lot. There's a lot. And he didn't adequately explain to her that the brake pedal was not in the car and she didn't have the foresight to look down and see that there was no physical brake pedal. So she turned the car and hit another car in the parking lot, which caused an insurance claim. They asked him for a drug test, which he failed. And then he passed clean in two weeks, but then he failed the retest because they came to talk to me about renewal. 
and they were surprised that he still worked there. And so we had to retest him, and he failed that one. And instead of waiting to see what came back, which eventually came back clean the second time, he, like, blew my phone up, blew his phone up, and resigned. And I had already told him he couldn't come back. He was, like, emailing me, or he was, like, texting me at, like, 10 at night, 11 at night, 5 in the morning, talking crap about all the employees, talking about how they didn't deserve to be there, talking about how we'd be so much better off without all of them. Um, after he quit, I contacted the, like, six people, I think, that left in the time period that he was there. And you lost six people? Mm-hmm. Over 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 this one tech. They no no. How much time? A year. No a year? no not a year. Not no, a year? between August and March, okay. six people, six technicians. Not all technicians. What? Not all technicians. Some of them were office. Oh people. yeah, some of them were office people. You lost six people. Yeah, some of them were, weren't there very long, but yeah. But still, six people, right? Um, all of them identified him as the cause, a big part of why they left specifically him. So I reached out to a couple of the interns that we had over the summer that didn't end up staying on. And I said, Hey, I want to let you know, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't know what was going on. Nobody told me directly and I didn't see it. I wasn't in the shop enough to see the things that were going on. Sure. That takes some serious guts to do that. So kudos for doing that. And that had to hurt, right? Yeah. That had to suck. Uh, And, and you know, we sit in here and we listen to like that panel yesterday and we hear how frustrated the technicians get with owners. But I don't think that many technicians realize this is not uncommon. This is not, hap- not uncommon, no. This happens to shop owners quite a bit. What's it's happened the structure to me. in the shop? Who's in the a- shop manager? Who's who's like who's doing the front work? Who's doing the back work? You're a technician, technically, right? Yeah, technically. I do a lot of diagnostic. Okay. He's working more in a foreman role. Then he does diagnostics, but he he supports the technicians more than expedites. He, make sure yeah. they have the right parts. Make sure they don't get. I stuck can't get anything. anything done. Every time I walk <laughs> through the shop, it's hey, come here, hey, come here, yeah. look yeah. at this. Okay, so you're in the back, making sure the technicians Mostly, are. Yeah. And then who's you? You were in the front and not in the front anymore, or like, I'm in the front. Yeah. Okay, so you're. I didn't. I actually didn't realize until after he left that I was actively avoiding going into the shop. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, it, I was like a week or two after he was gone, and we had we've had how many people came back? Two, two people came back. One oh. might come back oh. after after he left. Yeah, and I didn't realize that I had been avoiding going into the shop. Going into the shop, being at the shop, I was pretty miserable for the last couple of months. But physically going into the shop and being around him. I was yeah. actively avoiding it. So I, I, in my case, I went through the same thing with the tech, and I've told the story plenty of times. I'm not going to go back all through it, but I went through I'll the start same from thing. the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> he threatened to put a hole in this, and every single time I annoyed him, he was going to squeeze water all over me. He's going to need a bigger <laughs> bottle. Just, <laughs> get a, right. just get a spray bottle. That's a good idea, like yeah. a doll, no, yes. a cat. <laughs> um, but but it was. It was very much the same thing, right? I didn't want to go into the shop. I put my blinders on. I was Mm -hmm. trying my best to avoid it. I thought, oh, he's a good production tech. He's getting stuff done. A lot of what he did came back, Mm -hmm. and I always came up with a reason that it was coming back. I never, ever just said, look, he's just got to go. And it was really because 
I think at the end of the day, the reason I held off on it is because he was so toxic. I knew what it was going to be. I knew he was going to flip out. I knew he was going to go haywire. I know he, like, it, there was no doubt in my mind. My coach was telling me, this dude's going to go crazy. You might even want to call the sheriff's department before you fire this guy. Right? And he did. He he scared you no, in he the firing? No, he didn't scare me. It was that. Well, why even bring that up? Like, you point, just call him and I say, hey, I can't. You can't be here anymore. My my point is is that it it was a it was a situation that I just wanted to avoid, right? It wasn't like the shop wasn't actively in my eyes burning down around me. It yeah. was, right? Yeah, I didn't realize I was killing the culture and everything else because we were getting work out and things were happening. But I always had a reason. It was you know part of it is I feel bad, right? I hated firing people. Mm-hmm. That was really yeah, the only person I'd ever so fired was this guy at that point. And and I realized like that's probably the worst experience I'll ever have firing somebody. Eh, I don't care. I got it the rest of the way. Whatever, you know. But I think that I, I did something very similar. I didn't want to go in the back of the shop, and so I disconnected from that. Mm-hmm. And I, it caused me to not realize how bad it had gotten and how bad his work was and what he was doing. Right, and it was an addiction thing too. But this, listen, this is super what was he addicted to. He was addicted to alcohol. Was it alcoholic? Was he drunk at the shop? No, he was never drunk at the shop. Was he, he was drunk? At, was your guy drunk at your yeah. shop? We found out Af- after the afterwards fact. that he would go out and drink at lunch, which aligns. Were with- they like red flags that you like looking yeah. back? Oh, and you're they- like, yeah, yeah, he was drunk mm-hmm. that day. Oh yeah, for sure. Hindsight. He w- yeah. 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 Yeah, and like it's really we got like emotionally close to him. Like, we felt bad after his family left. We invited him over to Thanksgiving. Like, I brought him into my home, yeah. you know? So we were, it was hard to just, like, all right, run. We, we can't do this anymore, yeah. you there, know? there, You know, there's a reason that that programs, which offer therapy and counseling and rehab and addiction help, have such strict rules yeah. about how they handle it, because that is a big way to get into a situation where they can't help them anymore is because they are emotionally blinded mm-hmm. by that person. That person can become extremely manipulative. Yeah. That person can become extremely controlling. That person can say hurtful things that make you think. It's it's almost like narcissism, right? All of yeah. a sudden you see this whole different side of this person that you thought liked you and this and that. And and a lot of it is just the addiction. It's not necessarily who they are. But it can cause you to make poor decisions when dealing with them. And and you've got to be careful getting close. For that yeah. reason, to somebody like that. It makes me feel really bad when I look back on it. And I I didn't know that he was harassing the employees the way that he was. He was apparently messaging them after hours, harassing them as well, like all night. He was apparently, like, he'd walk by, from the stories that I've gotten from people, he'd walk by and, like, make sideways comments while they were doing something like a timing belt. So then... We had one guy that, man, he struggled with a Subaru timing belt, and we could not figure out why because it's just such an easy job. And we were trying to figure out. He ended up putting the tensioner in and not taking the pin out, so it screwed everything up, right? And we were watching the video, and we didn't we didn't realize what was happening when we were watching it. But he would go over there and talk to this person. Like every twenty minutes, he'd swing by for a few seconds. We assumed that he was giving him help. Afterwards, when one of our employees came back. She was like, no, that's not what was happening at all. He would, he would go over there and make, make comments and make him feel bad, make him feel like he shouldn't be there and couldn't do the job. Yeah. And I feel super responsible because I'm there to like take care of them. These people are like my family. 
and I yeah. I didn't even know it was happening. Yeah. This place is a monster. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't think he intentionally was a monster. I think that it was at like some point. Said. At we, some yeah. point. We never are. No, no. I look, I have been a monster before. Right. And you, you become bitter. Like it hurts. Things don't go the way that you think that they go. Life's not happening. Like you think it should happen. Things get hard. Look in the mirror, and I understand that. But when okay. you're when you're addicted to something, that's hard to do, right? When you're addicted to something, and and the problem is, is that it's like if if you're an alcoholic, right? You feel bad if you don't drink, so you want to go have a drink. While you're not drinking, everything's okay, but then you go have a drink, and all of a sudden you start running your mouth a little bit, and then you you start to talk to yourself, and you start telling yourself stories. And all of a sudden, that story turns into something else. And it's like, well, that person did this. Well, and that person did that. And and you will start telling yourself stories. And all of a sudden, that that logic and that reasoning portion of your brain is no longer logic and reasoning. It's allowing this, this story you're telling yourself to get out of control. And so if addiction goes too far, it just turns into that in a big way. And everything in your life can become that story. Everything in your life can be this person did this. You can there there are people who have had spouses that have ended up murdering them because they had told themselves such a story and and a lot of it I think comes back to addiction, right? Okay, so that's, perfect that's example. That's stuff that happens in the mountains there. I don't <laughs> Sorry. He he sends us a picture to my horror of his arm handcuffed and I'm like, "Great. So that says P&W Automotive down your shirt. So that's great." Really, thanks for representing. And he's like, I got a DUI, but I'm going to get out of it because I just had open containers in the back. I wasn't actually drinking. And we're like, it's not how that works. Yeah. Also, why is that in your car? Also, can you make better decisions? And for the last four months, all we've heard about is how he's going to get out of it. He's pushing out the court date. So hoping that the police isn't going to show up, the officer isn't going to show up. And that's, he's banking everything on that. Like he is so solid set that he is not going to have any repercussions. Con- convinced the police officer was a problem. Exactly. that everybody else, 100%. that he was set up, that it was a re- they came after him and it mm-hmm. wasn't fair and it's not right. And it's not okay what they did to him. Exactly. And he's going to go in there and he's going to prove that this is them that did this yep. to him. Right. Do you, and, do you guys do debriefs? When someone leaves, normally I try to. I haven't been. I have lost six people in a very short amount of time. Did you do a debrief with any of them? Um, I think I did on two of them. Uh, two or three of them, yeah. But they, I couldn't. I couldn't get say like um, no, no. One of the females, I couldn't get her to come back in. Maybe. Um, let me explain. Are you talking to all the current employees after the one that left leaves? No. Actually, we've never done that before. So, like, if you sit down with them, you find out lots of stuff Mm -hmm. that you didn't know was going on. And all of a sudden, they're gone, and they're like, yeah, I hated that person. They were miserable to work with. I mean, we've heard that in in the team meetings. We've heard that, yeah, since then. But we haven't sat. We didn't sit down with them with the intention of finding out what was going on. The problem with together is that they don't say things in a group setting that they will tell you one-on-one they don't ever so you have you have to sit down with everybody that hey after what's his name we'll call him bob hey when bob left yeah 
you know, hey, Bob's left. You, you know, anything we need to talk about? Is everything okay? Any questions, concerns, comments? Like, let's talk about this. No, everything's good. I hated Bob. It's like, oh, okay, great. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, we probably should do that. I mean, even though everybody's talked to us quite a bit, it would they've all talked to us, like, in a group. So. Yeah, you you might want to sit down with them, especially after something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to just do one-on-one for a little while and just talk to them just to and just I, make I, sure they get some stuff out. I feel like a lot of it, like you were saying, Lucas, you know, I know for myself personally, um, I everything that went wrong, I had some kind of excuse for it. Some yeah. rationalization. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some kind of, Every single time. You know, oh, yeah, God, yeah, that yeah. wasn't his fault because. We fought, or, we fought yeah. a lot that between the two of us yeah, because I'm on the fret side going, us. all right, in the... You know, and I didn't look at his comeback rate until after he left in the last month that he worked for us. Was it 24 cars came back? 24 cars yeah. were comebacks. Like, yeah. that makes our reputation look like crap. Yeah. But it was 24 out of 40 cars that he worked on. Oh, wow. So it was, like, That's disastrous. But yeah. every time that I would talk to him about it, he'd be like, well, this reason or that reason or the other reason. And we were both, we both, and it, he didn't know what the number was then. To be fair, he just knew that they were coming back. But. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that, that what I learned from my experience is a firm stance, right? And so I went through a situation a while back where we had a, a technician who worked for us, super great guy. I mean, fantastic human being. Had a lot of stuff going on and um, lots of issues. And, and the thing was, is that we had a firm stance and it was, we're going to talk about this. Tell me what's happening. Tell me how it happened. Number one, mistake. Okay. We all make mistakes. Help me understand. Let's talk about it. How are we going to prevent this? And in that case, information was falsified. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Information was falsified. You clicked a button that said you torqued the lug studs. You didn't even put the lug nuts on it. Yeah. That you, there are certain things, though, you've got to make one and, one and done. I agree. That would have been a, hey, I'm going to let this one go. But this is ever happens again. You're gone. And then within the span of the, the next mistakes that came back were one and then another. And we those two mistakes came back at the exact same time. And I sat him down and I said, one of them was a safety. And I yeah. said, I cannot do this. I will not do this. Help me understand it, in 99.99% of all cases, I would be terminating you right now. I'm willing to develop a program and a system, but we're, we're going to have to do something different here, and everything you do is going to be quadruple checked by somebody else. We're going to make sure this doesn't happen again. He left, he left the bolts out of the brake caliper. Bolts weren't even in it. Christ. And so I said, this is not okay. This is absolutely 100% not okay. He said, well, I can't make enough hours, and that's why. No, you're not making enough hours because we're not giving you work because we don't trust you. Hmm. Okay? I backed it down, was trying to give you easier and easier jobs. That clearly did not fix things. So here's what we're going to do. And the very next day, he came in and turned in his resignation, and 18 cars came back. Directly after that, every car he had worked on it's, came That's back. how it always happens. The technician hurts, leaves, man. and all of a sudden, you get piled yeah, up. A yeah. lot of them, yeah. It's, I, it, I will say the technician that just left me, I, we haven't gotten anything back. Yeah, but that was, a, that, that was a different situation. <laughs> that He left because his boss was a complete jackass to him. 
and he was making fun of him. He was picking on him nonstop. He he questioned for his own good. Of course, for his own of course, good. yeah. He he's on a podcast talking about his personal decisions and his personal he life. Cuts, he cuts the lawn at the shop. He's cutting my mom's lawn right now. Fantastic right. human being, Nick. You just got to drop the anchor and come on back. <laughs> Might even give you a raise, Nick. I just want to point this out. I am to the point in my life. I don't. I've never been one that worries about heaven or hell or anything like that. That's never been a concern of mine. But I am somewhat worried that just sitting next to this man <laughs> is probably going to get me struck by lightning at some point. Have you ever seen the episode of South Park where Cartman gets struck by lightning? You watch a lot of South Park. <laughs> I love South Park. Mm. You do remind me of Cartman. I can't watch South Park with my kids, obviously, for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I have been showing them old Simpsons episodes, like <laughs> seasons one through eight. A few episodes from 10, but one through eight, gold, every single one. I just laugh and laugh. My kids don't get the jokes. Kids <laughs> are like, what are we watching? Well, they, you know, it's just a cartoon and it's kind of funny. And there's some like, there's some childish humor in there. But they don't get like the pop reference, yeah. the 90s pop reference. <laughs> yeah. Or the like the older, like sixth references from the 60s and old Twilight Zone episode. And like, and they, they have no idea. And I'm maybe, laughing, laughing. Maybe we laughing, should start like, watching The Simpsons. <laughs> you guys never watched The Simpsons? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we oh. have. Yeah, just not together. It's been oh, like decades. Oh, yeah. And like you've seen all the memes, like how The Simpsons oh, yeah. predicted things that happened. Yep. And like, you don't it, watch The Simpsons. That's not what, no. I mean, yes, they do that, but no. These are, this is, you got to watch the commentaries. Because they will explain that. Okay, there's three jokes in this like seven second sequence. There's three jokes in there, but I thought we could squeeze in one more joke in there, and it's the most. And they just build the absurdity. It's like, well, that's kind of funny, but that's absurd. That's funny, and then another layer, and then another layer, and that kind of like love and like you know, there's there's that's art right there. They're just trying to squeeze that one extra stupid joke in there. <laughs> Just to make it that much funnier, they don't do it anymore. The new ones are just awful. You can't. After season 10, it's just. So not only do you have time to watch cartoons, you watch people talk about the cartoons. Oh, this, so. <laughs> I uh, Maybe we should stop calling people. We'd have more time to watch cartoons. <laughs> I, uh, I, I moved from, from central Illinois to St. Louis for a job. They offered me a position in St. Louis, and I took it. And so I... I Filled up my Geo Metro with my TV, a recliner, and some junk, right, in the back. And I rented an apartment, and I had my little 19-inch TV, and I had my my DVD, or I think it was a PlayStation 2 or whatever. I had that hooked up to it, and I didn't have money for cable or anything like that, so I watched episode after episode <laughs> of The Simpsons, seasons one through eight on DVD, with the commentary, because you've already seen the episode, you know all the jokes, but now I want to hear the commentary. And just over and over, like I don't know. And you played a few of the three or four video games you had, and that was it. <laughs> I want to be young again. Oh, that was so much simpler. I look back at <laughs> yeah. that and going, it was spaghetti or tuna melts every night because that's what you had money for. No, I would make spaghetti. Like, oh, all and, right. yeah, I that would feed me for a week. 
Yeah. That would feed me for a week. Am I boring you with my story? My heart-wrenching story about The Simpsons and the commentary DVD stuff? Honey, if you thought that that was what was going to bore me about the things you talk about, <laughs> you'd be losing your mind. I had this guy come in. This, this guy looks like a nice guy. I don't know. What was his name? Exactly. You're a jackass for not asking. Anyway, he comes in, and, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is, we're here recording a podcast. Like, oh, I know you guys. You're that guy that calls everybody dear. <laughs> Why? It's a problem. It's a problem. It's a real problem. (laughs) Because, you know, if you pay enough attention when he says dear, it's not. He's like, it's a term of endearment. It is a term of endearment. When he says it, it's dear. You know, it's always in this way. Like, he's getting ready to tell you how fucking stupid you are. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. No. Yes. No. Yes. Say dear right. to them. He's right. I can't help it. He's right. I'm He's right. sorry He's you've been insulted right. by my tone and usage of <laughs> random words. I didn't also attack facial them. expressions. That is not. That is not. <laughs> listen. That is not. He, he's right. That's not what he was trying to do. It's just he was trying to convey without saying I'm much smarter than you that he was much smarter. That's all. <laughs> Listen, I, I had my one of my technicians. He's like, uh, I was saying that like, oh, so and so is mad at me, hates me, wants to hit me if he sees me sometime, which is common apparently. And he's like, <laughs> did you call him dear? And I go, is that a thing? And he goes, yeah. Nobody's told you. I'm like, no. He goes, yeah. It's super <laughs> condescending. You shouldn't call people dear. And and I go, I'm not trying to be condescending. He's like. Well, I know that. Now that I know you, you call me dear. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> but if they don't know who you, it comes off as super condescending. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I can't help it, though. It comes out. I'm not trying to be condescending. You're just trying to prove you're smarter. That's when you do that. Like I'm when trying you- to prove that I'm smarter? Yeah. How? It's not even. Intent- I opened a shop. Level one stupidity right there. I opened, not bought. So step one, I already made a mistake. And then I decided I was going to put that shop in an area with 30 other shops and then have no street visibility. Stupidity number two. Like I can keep stacking stupid things I've done. The problem is over and over and over. These stupid things have made you so smart. The rest of us just can't even. I just made a lot of mistakes. That's all. A lot of mistakes. (laughs) Speaking of mistakes, are we going to do debriefs when we get back? Yes. Yes, we're going to do debriefs when we get sure back. Sure are. <laughs> well, that sounded like it sucked. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that was just little terrible. Bit. Awful. Yeah. Well, you- I don't, I, the, the, the minute, I okay. mean, it's easy for me to say something because I've been out of the situation, but like he was telling me about a situation with another couple. Husband works in the back, wife works in the front. Very similar situation where, you know, things have all of a sudden gone sideways and the business is on the verge of closing. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm hearing him tell me and I go, this doesn't make any sense. Like at some point, and I, I get it, you get into the weeds and like you, you start to make excuses like you're saying. But at some point, like I would have lost one person. And when I lose somebody, I take it very personally. Like, I did something yeah. wrong here. Yeah. Like, I blame myself for losing that tech. Because I did. I did lay into him way too hard. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, at some point it got funny and it was cathartic for me to make fun of him. But whatever. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he deserved it. He made bad choices. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I still love him. I want him to come back. Just not with the baggage he had. Anyway. And we, all, we all on, have that tech. Emphasis on bag, yeah. by the way, Lucas. And Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, we're, we're working on his truck. He's at the, it's at the shop. Anyway, <laughs> um, I would have lost that first person, and I would have taken it very personally, and I would have asked everybody. And at some point, somebody would have told me, it's like, hey, it's Bob. What do you mean it's Bob? He's, he's awful to work with. Like, you're going to lose more people. Like, I'm thinking of quitting. On the second one, it would have been flamethrower to the shop. On the second person. Because I'm not going to. Hiring is the most god-awful experience Anybody, any shop owner, any like manager has to go through. Hiring is miserable. It is awful. Writing the ad is awful. Putting it out there is awful. Interviewing Inter- Interviewing. And then, oh, do, am I making the right decision? I don't want to bring the wrong person in. You're like, <gasps> and you're like, I need to get somebody in here. And that whole process is just exhausting and taxing. And I am not going to lose people. Not like that. On the second person, flamethrower to the shop. Somebody's telling me what the hell's going on here. I shouldn't have lost two people. What's going on? And somebody would have fessed them. Like, it's, it's that guy right there. I feel like he's calling me deer. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Listen, deer. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, here's the thing is that um, if, if you do any research on narcissism, right? Because narcissism is a pretty big thing. If you do a little bit of research on it, you find out. That when human beings are confronted with a narcissist, one of the things they do is they begin to blame themselves for what that person's doing, right? And that person can convince them by the things they say because most human beings don't say mean things to one another, right? They don't say things to be hurtful. They don't place blame. They just say, hey, here's the situation. Here's what's going on. That's what we do as human beings. And so the the natural human reaction when dealing with a truly narcissistic person is, is that I am going to try and figure out what I'm doing wrong because I'm the common denominator. But you don't realize they're actually the common denominator. And so I think it's somewhat understandable the decision that you guys made because an addict is a narcissist. That's all there is to it. There's no way around that. And I'm sure some mental health expert will come and bash me for saying that. But well, from they're my, at least behaving in a narcissistic fashion. Right. My, from my experiences as an addict. Yeah. Right. And so the problem is, is that when you're dealing with someone like that, they're going to say that it's your fault. They're going to blame you. They're going to tell you why it's not their fault. They're going to put all of this out there in such a way. And I'm serious. Go watch a YouTube video about what is a narcissist and watch their behaviors and tell me that it's not the tech that you had. And if you find yourself, if anybody listening finds themselves in that situation, they go right now because that was the biggest mistake I ever made in my business is I kept somebody that was like that. And if I had let them go, I'd be much further along my journey of being successful than I am right now. I hurt a lot of people, a lot of friends, a lot of family by letting that person stay in the business. And that sucks. Because I know how emotional you feel about it because you feel personally responsible for the damage that person did to other people and you felt like you should have been there to protect them and stop it. And you can't do that all the time. But the reality is, is we have to make ourselves aware of that. 
And to all the technicians who are out here fussing, saying, oh, technicians aren't treated well, this is a perfect example of what happens to shop owners every single day in this country is that somebody like this walks in and acts this way to a shop owner. And over time, the shop owner will become jaded about technicians. They will become jaded about people they bring into the shop because they've experienced this. So now they don't trust anybody. And it's something that, that we all have to be responsible for fixing. Are you going to be quicker to fire someone now, you think? Probably. I'd yeah. like to Probably, say so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pay more attention to it. Don't just overlook things and just, you know, assume, well, that person probably I, just quit because they had their own thing going on or yeah. that person's gone because who knows why. You know, dig into it a little bit deeper and see. I think if I have concerns, then I'll talk to the team that they're working with. One of the things that I didn't know he was doing was he was telling our new hire to watch his back because the service writer was ordering the wrong parts to sabotage him. But the funny part is that the wrong parts we'd order were the ones that he sourced himself. So it was yeah. like, but if I had, if I had just asked people in the shop what was going on, I would have known. Yeah. I think that if I ever find myself avoiding the shop, that's going to probably be a red flag for me. Cause I like yeah. being in the shop. Yeah. I don't know that I'd, I'd like to say I am 100% guilty of not putting more rigid uh, parameters around what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. I excuse a lot of bad behavior. And I t- we were talking at lunch, and I, I go, I, maybe I'm just not cut out for it. Because we, we talk to a lot of really successful shop owners, and those those bastards will not hesitate to fire someone tomorrow if they are not meeting their expectations performance-wise. They, yeah, they don't care. They're gone. It's, it's my family or yours, and I like my family more than yours. Goodbye. And then out the door they go. That level of ruthlessness, I think so what I called it. Yeah. It, and I don't say that disparagingly. It's just it's a ruthless mindset. To say that this will succeed, come hell or high water, and I'm not going to let you stand in the way of it. And then that's it. I don't know that I got that in me. You've heard me tell somebody in our industry before that, like, hey, I'm almost envious of how ruthless you can be. Right? I I, I know it sounds crazy, but it's like I could not do that if I tried. that emotional detachment. Yeah. Yeah. I could not do it if I tried. What were you going to say? Um. I got sidetracked with the emotional oh, detachment sorry. thing. Nice sorry. It'll come back to it me. It was going to be a great point, too. It's going to make the entire podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> going to be the snippet that I share. Make this sucker blow up. <laughs> These two are on it. It'll blow up no matter what. What's that? <laughs> yeah, the last, the last one did really well. It's his pretty face, really. Look yeah. at this face. Face for podcast. Yeah. yeah. Face for radio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys didn't listen to it. I can tell. Because you would have known that it was not on video. It was just audio. Because the jerks. Forget it. I'm cutting this whole thing down. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> All right. Thanks we for sharing. That we was, definitely uh, listened to it. We've, we've listened to the podcast a few times. It sucks hearing your own voice. I don't like hearing my voice. Yeah, you what? got over it. You got over it. Trust me. <laughs> the, listen. Listen. David. What's well, interesting about David? David's completely the opposite. He skips everybody else talking, and, and just he listens. just listens to. So himself. the reason why I do that, the reason why I do that, I thought he was the reason joking. why I do that. No, he does, he's not joking. The reason why I do that, like, you're the only fucking. They'll say like a lot of stupid things. They're just, I'm not just joking. They're just jokes. 
I've had to tell several people, don't take anything I say seriously. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't. I'm glad. Yeah, I know, right? I mean. I mean <laughs> but you get these comments, and he'll sit. I don't get them. He gets them. And he's like, oh, yeah, that dude hates you. What did I do? You, know, you said something about Land Rovers one time. And I go, he's not even joking. We all have, though. Uh, you're gonna get us. You're okay, gonna get no, us more know, hate mail. Yeah, you're gonna get us more hate mail. That's what's getting ready to happen. Dude's gonna be upset because we talked about it all this weekend, and I didn't this mean this all like, weekend. We have dropped stupid comments on Landos at every single hardcore. So now, when my service writer listens to it, she's gonna be so upset. I think that's the one. Is this she own Land Rovers? Oh yeah, she loves them. Yeah, I do. Too. Oh, hundred like percent. No, but she junk. loves them because she likes to drive them, not because they bring us business. <laughs> well, he thought he thought we were we were discouraging technicians from working on them. It's like, what well, they break? Why would I discourage you from work? You want to fix cars? Uh-huh. Land Rover's perfect place to start. And then Mini. What's one level above that? Jaguars are the worst. I yeah. think they're worse than Land Rovers. Flaming piles of garbage. We have two in our lot right now. Jaguars. Yeah. What years? Is it like the Ford Jaguar no, or is it Jaguar we, Jaguar? No, we have four because we have two F-Paces right now, too. Oh, no. Sorry about your luck when yeah. you get back to the shop next they're week. All, they're all junk. <laughs> <laughs> right you know, I, I've never heard a shop owner be like so thrilled about the potential of having a shop fire. <laughs> Is when the shop plot's <laughs> full of Jaguars. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I hate it for you. Got insurance. Throw a few Volvos in there. Yeah. Volvo. I like Volvos. I <laughs> love Volvos. Really? Yeah, I think they're so cool. Little quirky <laughs> Swedish cars. All right. Listen, dear. <laughs> <laughs> that, hurt, that cut me deep. I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> I'm just the, kidding. The, uh, the high school educator in my community was a Volvo Master Tech. And I said, there is no greater like skill set required for being a teacher than a Volvo Master Tech. And he said, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, if you can tolerate those things, there is no way 16-year-old kids are going to ruin why your people patience. people get so upset at Volvos? I don't understand. Like the wiring, yeah, the wire harness does melt or like flake away. I get that. Yeah, it falls that's disintegrate. Yeah. Yeah. They, they disintegrate. So that's the thing. But they do it on all of them. <laughs> So it's like, well, okay, we got these weird like lights or whatever. But like, if you go really old, they're they're all the same car, just longer versions of each other. They're just like slightly longer, slightly longer, Let's slightly longer. The like, all the exact same. The curves. saddle tanks in the XC nineties, right? The power steering. Okay, so um, when they they decided they were going to stay in business, and they the Ford bought them, and then they started like intermixing Ford and stuff like that. But the XC ninety. Those were turds, yeah. And I could see. But then that becomes a Land Rover conversation where, like, is this your first Volvo XC90? Is this your first Land Rover? I know, yeah, right? No, that's all, the yeah. They all Bad leak. PTUs. It's okay. Don't stress. Yeah. It's, there's always, just get a drip pan. You'll, and if it, be great. if it stops leaking, please don't drive it. Have it towed yeah. in. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's out of that's oil. Oil. Yeah. Yeah. oil. But, you know, you tell them with the XC90s, they... um they have so many issues, and they stack up on top of each other. So if this is their first XC90, I don't care how good of a deal you got. I'm sorry. Like, this is going to turn into a $10,000 adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had a really good client of mine and, and somebody that we've become friends 
Um, and and we have a mutual understanding that I charge more than what he wants to pay. He's super frugal, but cool guy, right? Like it's good. <laughs> and um, and he had a Volvo, and it was the power steering idler deal, mm-hmm. where the gear would actually go bad, and you have to disassemble everything. It's like a whole timing assembly. And so I gave him a price, and it was like $12,000, and he got mad at me, and he was not going to be my friend anymore. <laughs> he took it to Volvo, and he said, fuck that piece of shit. <laughs> He's like, they wanted $20,000. like, yeah, I know. I told you, dude. What year was it? I can't remember. I'll go back and look Was it one up. of the newer, newer ones? No. Uh, yeah, it was fairly new. Like 09, yeah. maybe. Yeah. No. All right. You All guys right. probably want to go eat. My tummy is grumbly. It's all David's fault. I'm sorry. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.